When you partner with Axon, you immediately gain access to a full range of products and solutions designed to meet the complex needs of today's grower. We carry all major brands and sizes of tires and wheels. We specialize in large diameter wheels for large equipment. We have one of the largest OEM replacement wheel inventories in North America. Known for extreme flotation setups, duals, and triples, we have wheels for all makes and models of tractors, sprayers, combines, and grain carts. If we don't have the wheel in stock, we'll custom build, sandblast, and paint in-house. There isn't a more vast inventory in North America dedicated to helping dealers move more iron. With facilities on the West Coast and in the heart of the Midwest, leverage our 230,000 square feet of indoor inventory to solve any problem a grower may have. Move more iron with Axon. Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast. This edition of the Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by these great sponsors. Axon started out of a passion for keeping agriculture moving. Imagine having 100 years of tire and wheel knowledge in your back pocket the next time you sell a piece of ag equipment. To find more or become an Axon dealer, please visit axontire.com. Valley Transportation has been hauling ag and construction equipment across the country for the past 33 years. Call Parker at 800-657-4910 for all your trucking needs. At Valley Transportation, our goal is to help you reach yours. No matter how you buy your ag equipment, whether it's from a dealer, an auction, or a private party, Ag Direct can help you finance it. You can even apply online to agdirect.com. Learn more about your financing options at agdirect.com. TractorZoom has access to over $20 billion in heavy equipment sales data. TractorZoom's Iron Comps is the industry's trusted solution for transparent equipment values and auctionable pricing insights. This podcast is brought to you by Anvil AppWorks. The Dealer Connect CRMI app with integrated inventory management is an affordable Salesforce-based solution for your dealership. Create connected customer experience and transform how you work. Moving iron in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Moving iron time and time again. Through the years you'll find us here. Hello and welcome to the Moving Iron Podcast number 335. So we've got Alan Hoskins here with me back for his monthly rundown of what's going on here. Alan, how you doing this morning, man? Doing well, Casey. How are you? Good. Um, a little technical difficulty to start with. You always push record when you start doing these things. That way you get what people are talking about <laughs> first time. So <laughs> thanks for thanks for bearing with me here this morning, Alan. We had uh a couple things pop up this 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 week, I think, that are, are worthwhile talking. One is um, you had the Fed report come out Monday, and you know, month-over-month inflation was down, but the overall inflationary gain during the month was of concern to um, to the Fed. Basically, the Fed kind of came out and said, hey, we don't maybe have this as in check as we thought. Um, so moving forward, we're going to have to make some adjustments. What that means, what that looks like, your guess is as good as mine. Um, but... You know, here we are in renewal season, Alan, as you're looking at these things going on around you. How, how are you having these conversations with folks and this interest rate change that we see um, month over month like this? Well, first of all, Casey, I'm doing a lot of listening before I do any speaking. I want to hear the perspectives of the producer and understand how they view it, hear their thoughts and ideas. Also, I do like to make sure that there's some positive that's inserted where some of the challenges occur and 
Casey, we have seen a lot of interest rate movements. However, one of the things I do like to kind of have a little bit of a discussion with folks about is prime rates been in effect since December 1, 1947. But if you look at the period from January 1 of 78 through December 31 of 84, so a fairly short window over that period of time, 32% of the total times that prime changed through today occurred during the period of 78 through 84. That's only 9% of the total days prime has been in effect. So we saw a lot of change there in a short period of time. Granted, we've seen some changes recently, obviously, but it's not at the frequency or necessarily the volatility that we saw during some of that period. So I, I do try to ask people to have a little perspective about where we are today in contrast to history, because I think there is some value there. The other things that we're talking about, Casey, is as a banker, I appreciate every penny and interest that's paid to us, but I also want to find ways to help minimize those interest payments that farmers have to make. For example, on input purchases, on the folks that we do operating lines for, we also look at are there supplier financing opportunities that are maybe at 0% or extremely low that they can utilize in addition to the operating line that we're doing? We also are talking about, depending upon their comfort level, their risk tolerance, do they want to look at a variable rate or a fixed rate over the next year for an operating line? So those are some of the things that we talk about. Another thing that's coming into the discussion, given where we are in interest rates, is what about upcoming balloon payments they may have? For example, did they trade a combine and put it on a three-year note with a seven-year amortization? Or did they buy a piece of real estate that was put on a three- or five-year repricing interval with a 20- or 30-year amortization? I think those are some of the things that are key to consider as we look at the business of farming from a financial perspective. And how do we, because we don't know, you've said it very well, we, we don't know where interest rates are going to head. So what if interest rates continue to rise? What does that look like when those balloon payments come up? So those are some of the discussions that we're having now. And I think it's a good idea. And this is a good practice, I think, for anyone. Take your interest expense that isn't fixed and rate shock it by 1%, 2%, 3%. See what that does to your profitability. See what that does to your cash flow. Because profitability and cash flow are not synonymous. So I think it's important that people remember that as well. All right. Okay. All right. So looking out there right now, Alan, um, you know, we look at some, uh, a lot of reports that show recessionary type activity, but you see these reports come out that are that are anti um, anti recession. We start looking at job reports and those kind of things, and they're they're bigger than what they thought, and so on and so forth. Um, as you look at, at what's going on around you in your in your immediate area, Alan, what's some of the um, what are some of the the symptoms that you're seeing out there right now that are that are pointing towards up down or downtime? Um, moving into this, you know, spring planning season of 23? Well, I think, Casey, 
a big issue that's been there for the past few years and continues to grow larger is labor. Yeah. Labor. yeah. And I think that is something that is, there's not a short-term fix for that. I have a lot of ideas, thoughts, but they're just strictly ideas and thoughts about the source and the reason. And that's not honestly relevant to this. But what I would say that continues to be a major issue. I will also tell you the availability of equipment, for example, continues to be a major concern, the availability of parts. In the discussions I'm having, it seems to have lessened to some degree, but it's still in the mindset of people. I'm hearing a lot of discussion still about, particularly when we want to talk about availability, I think there's still a lot of folks that are wanting to look at possibly increasing storage capacity on their farm. The availability of that continues to be challenging. Um, one of the things that, depending upon the area that I'm involved in, is the pressure that is either already there or coming as we see some solar installations going in. Uh, I believe that's having an effect on some land prices locally. I think it's something that is going to have to be dealt with sooner or later. And those are some of the issues, Casey, just, you know, on a bigger picture basis, because there, there's always the discussions we have, you know, relative to the cash flows and those type things. But if I look at it on a bigger picture basis, those are some of the things that I hear producers talking about. Yeah. When you're looking at, so talk about the solar panel thing. I, there, there's been a lot of that talk popping up here. And whether it's windmills or solar panels or those kind of things, but when those move into an area and they start cash rent that they're renting to the from the from the landowner or what mm -hmm. they paid for it to buy it or mm -hmm. um, what other hybrid type of payment thing that they have set up for um, on these things, it really takes a big effect on the overarching area when it comes to land values. Um, when you're looking at that and you're talking with your customers about that, I mean, how how are you? How you kind of weaving your way through that minefield? Well, Casey, I had a case of that this week, and the producer that I sat down with basically showed me an example of a contract that was sent to them, and said, "What? What do you think?" And I don't let my personal bias come into the discussion when I'm having a conversation with a customer and the discussion that we had was centered around they have a decision to make as it relates to more or less two generations and they have a decision to make as a business owner they have a decision to make as a community citizen about where their values lie. 
because there's there's no such thing as a perfect scenario. And, you know, I've talked to some folks that they've looked at some of the opportunities financially that have been presented to them through these solar opportunities. And they've looked at it solely from the financial perspective. I've heard some that have looked at it strictly from the environmental perspective. And I've also heard some that have looked at it solely from the agricultural perspective. Unfortunately, I don't think it's in that nice, neat, tidy of a box. I think it's a bigger discussion and it's a bigger decision because we don't know a lot of things about what the land would look like in 30 years. I'm not a scientist. You know, I, I don't have any knowledge in that level. But the discussion, Casey, that I have with folks is, you know, I can give them information from a financial perspective about what it does to their numbers. But ultimately, to me, that decision, whether or not to enter into that agreement, you know, there's a lot of trust there for 30 years of payments from a company. There's a lot of trust in what the effect of land on the land would be. And ultimately, I think it's a decision that has to be make with, made with a lot of soul searching because it does affect others around you from an, an aesthetics perspective. But there, without a doubt, there's some financial opportunities. Without a doubt, it's solar. I, I will never say that solar isn't good for the country if you look at the effect that it can potentially have in reducing some of our reliance on renewable resources. I get that. But Casey, I, I just don't think it's a simple decision. And I really urge people to do a lot of soul searching about what what's within them as human beings before they make that commitment and that decision, because it's not one that's easily reversed. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. It takes, takes a lot to, once you start down that hill, it takes a lot to get back up. It. So mm-hmm. definitely, definitely a, a good point there. Alan. All right. Alan, last question here. Uh, looking out through um, the rest of the first quarter here, moving into the second quarter, mm-hmm. what are you, what are you worried about and, and what are you um, optimistic about right now? Well, the the things that, if I would describe worry, my concern right now is just ensuring, and this is a personal, uh, my concern is ensuring that we put people in the best place to succeed as a banker. How do I help put them in the best place to succeed? from a financial perspective by taking the tools that we have and the knowledge we have today of where rates are and getting them in the best possible position they can be in for the 2023 crop year. Um, That's, you know, a personal goal. Um, The thing that I would say, Casey, that if I look at a bigger picture worry, just making sure that people are truly understanding the risk on some of the decisions that they may make this year. And honestly, I think there's a lot of producers out there that really are doing a excellent job, an excellent job of understanding that risk. I will say from 
and this goes directly into what you said, what's one of the positives? Casey, I see guys, and I'm going to use a term here, and I don't probably mean it at face value, but it's the best term I can use. I see guys that are appropriately frightened. And what I mean by that is we're still sitting here with some pretty good commodity prices, which in the part of the country I'm in, corn, soybeans, wheat, that's the primary revenue source. We're sitting here with some pretty good opportunities from a pricing perspective. We've actually seen fertilizer prices back off a little bit. And I'm seeing folks that are, I think, doing a really good job of focusing on the business of farming right now and trying to use the tools available to them, some of the marketing tools that are available to crop insurance and doing a good job in trying to manage their margin and understanding that it's not a decision you make today and then forget the rest of the year. It's something you continue to monitor. That's one of the biggest things, Casey, that I see that I'm optimistic about is I think guys out here that are really good producers are moving toward becoming really good businessmen in most cases or business women also. Right on. Okay. Al, good stuff as usual, man. Uh, folks want to reach out to you and get more information about what you're doing over at American Farm Mortgage. What's the best way to do that? Sure. They can reach out to me at uh, ahoskins at AmericanFarmMortgage.com. Uh, our phone number is 800-876-2362. And I'll also say this, I'm not sure when the podcast may air, but we're going to have a booth at the Farm Show in Louisville. And I'd love to see folks come by and visit with us there. Is that When is that? When's the farm? Is that this uh, the 15th to the 17th? Is that right? Yes. Yes. <clears throat> okay. Yeah, have that. Make sure you check that out. What booth number are you in, Alan? Do you know off the top of your head? Casey, I do not. I would have to look. We're in the South Wing. I do know that. Or South West, wing, wing. West, West Wing. West Wing. Sorry, West Wing. The West Wing. All right. Check that out. Louisville Farm Show. If you haven't made it to that one, that's a good one. Go check that one out. It's, uh, it's all inside. So when the winter weather rolls through this week, you can go inside and walk around and not be outside in the cold. So that'll work. Alan, appreciate you being on the podcast, man. Thanks, Casey. Appreciate the invitation. Right on. I'm Casey Seaman with Moving Iron Podcast. Check me out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Moving Iron LLC. Go to uh, LinkedIn at Moving Iron Podcast and check out the YouTube channel, Moving Iron Podcast, YouTube channel where you can see the video version of this here. So with that, you want to see more about Moving Iron, go to movingironllc.com and get all the information with the Moving Iron Summit coming up here September 11th through the 13th. And if you want to get, take advantage of that registration fee, uh, discount, just be one of the first 150 to sign up, and Axon will take care of that for you. So with that, I'm Casey Seymour with Alan Hoskins. Let's move smart, folks. Out. Axon started out of a passion for keeping agriculture moving. Imagine having 100 years of tire and wheel knowledge in your back pocket the next time you sell a piece of ag equipment. To find more or become an Axon dealer, please visit axontire.com. Valley Transportation has been hauling ag and construction equipment across the country for the past 33 years. Call Parker at 800 657-4910 for all your trucking needs. At Valley Transportation, our goal is to help you reach yours. No matter how you buy your ag equipment, whether it's from a dealer, an auction, or a private party, AgDirect can help you finance it. You can even apply online to agdirect.com. Learn more about your financing options at agdirect.com. 
TractorZoom has access to over $20 billion in heavy equipment sales data. TractorZoom's IronComps is the industry's trusted solution for transparent equipment values and auctionable pricing insights. This podcast is brought to you by Anvil AppWorks. The Dealer Connect CRMI app with integrated inventory management is an affordable Salesforce-based solution for your dealership. Create connected customer experience and transform how you work. Moving higher in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Moving higher time and time again. Through the years you'll find us here. Move.